to the Communion Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Erin. And I'm Ramonita. Communion is all about relationships over religion. Relationship with Christ, with ourselves, and with one another. And in a culture that seems so divisive, we're cultivating a community of truth seekers from all walks of life. So whether you have faith, no faith, or you have walked away from the church, you are welcome here. We are inviting guests to share personal stories, wrestle with questions, and rebuild bridges with those that may think differently, all in order to be reconciled with God, self, and others, as it is in heaven. So let's get started. Let the reconciliation begin. episode in season two so far we've launched and so excited for all the energy and anticipation girl it's been incredible like god's hand is on it and it is moving i know girl i know and we keep having these incredible episodes with sharing people's stories you and i getting to go back and forth and and talk about things that God's putting on our heart. And I really feel like communion is coming alive. What we always intended for our vision for it to be, it's finally coming to life. And we've joked about how we have different versions as you're evolving and as you're growing and as you're listening more and more to who and what God's called you to be. It feels like we're on, you know, our next version of, and we're living into that purpose of communion. So it's been so fun, but we have a guest today, and she's really special to you and to me, but um, I'm going to get to introduce her because I love her. I got to know her through being a part of our original Supper Club, so that's right, friends. You are meeting one of the original people from Supper Club where TT and I met and what communion started as, um, and this is Deb Williams, everyone. Welcome her. Yeah. woo What's Hi, up? Kelly. What's up? What's up, y'all? It's really good to be here with you guys and just to see, you know, all the success you guys are are experiencing with communion. So thank you for having me. I'm oh, so excited to have you, girl. Girl, we are not joking when we say you are special, special, and we are so excited you're here to share your story with us today and and with everyone who's a part of this community. So thank you for your willingness to be vulnerable to share parts of your story, but mainly to just talk about how God showed up in your story and how God has led you over all these years. So we're so grateful that you're here, my friend. And it's good to see you. You look beautiful. You too, my friend, you too. (laughs) So everybody, um, Deb Williams is a brand marketing strategist. She's a storyteller and she's a creative visionary. Her journey is marked by a commitment to using power of storytelling, which she's so great at to bring about meaningful connections and positive change in the world. Beyond her professional pursuits, Deb's heart beats for Jesus. And let me say that is so, so true. Her heart beats for Jesus, for people, and for her community. 
Her passion for these core values shines through all aspects of her life, infusing purpose into her work and into her interactions with others. In her own words, she sees stories as a powerful tool to not only connect people, but also to contribute to the transformation of the world. Originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, she is a double graduate of Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. <laughs> yes, so <good>. go Hoyas! <laughs> <laughs> Hoyas well, actually a lot now. <laughs> well, I love uh, in your bio where you talk about like stories connect people and will transform the world. And I'm so honored that you've accepted the invitation to be on our podcast and that we get to tell your story. And so I'm going to give a high level overview of your story before we dive in, just so people know a little bit more about you. But I will start just by our connection. Deb and I have been friends since we were 17 and 18 years old. We met at Georgetown. But Deb was one of the first people I encountered that lived faith authentically at a time when I was meeting Jesus. And she mm. was really the person that showed me what it looked like to live a life authentically, to live a life in the way God created us, not feeling like we had to be like corny or wear a turtleneck and, you know, just only pray and recite scripture at people. But I got to see what it looked like to be cool and Christian and swaggy and funny and talented and brilliant and all the things. And one of the things that I would say about Deb and why I'm so excited to share her story is because Deb in walking alongside her all of these years, I won't tell you how long because then you don't know how old we are, even though I'm not ashamed of that because, you know, we age like fine and wine, you know, whatever. But Deb's story is one of faith, is one of stepping out on faith over and over and over again. I am constantly inspired by this woman's obedience, by your obedience, Deb. I'm so inspired because there have been so many points within your story where God has asked you to do things that just doesn't make sense. And that goes from you leaving Little Rock, Arkansas, going to Georgetown University, and leaving home, being one of the first to really leave home and knowing that Georgetown wasn't really your first choice school, but it was an act of obedience because you felt like God was calling you there. And so you chose obedience. And then in college, when everybody's trying to figure out what to do in all these internships, you felt this strong call yet again, where God called you to do something that didn't make sense. And you went and you worked for higher ground. You worked for this camp yeah. because you felt like that is what God was telling you to do and you chose obedience again despite all the voices around you and then you land at Nike after all these years and your journey takes its twists and turns from working for Georgetown women's and men's basketball team to landing a job at marketing in marketing at Nike and God tells you to leave and that's where we're at today and I'm excited to dive into the conversation as you share your story but if there was one underlying theme that is so prevalent in Deb's story it is this. It is that when God says move, she says, to say almost always, but I, in the walk that I've done with her, she has always moved and she has always chosen obedience despite what she wants, despite what makes sense, despite what other people say. And so I'm really excited for us to dive into your story today, Deb. Appreciate it. That was a, a very generous uh, overview of my story. 
But you know, um, ultimately, if someone can learn to just obey God a little bit more from hearing it, let's get it. I, I love, love it. it. I love it. All right, so let's dive in. Let's let's start this conversation. I think we gotta like loosen up, <clears throat> ask a nice breaker question, maybe Deb, get a little a little funny. I'm I'm curious to hear your answer to this. So, okay. our question for you is: What is your favorite? artist or maybe a favorite song that you rocked with when you were a teenager and you're still rocking with today even maybe when no one's listening okay favorite song uh so this is kind of cliche not really but uh so you know in 2023 just celebrated 50 years of hip-hop uh i am a big l boogie fan she just celebrated 25 years so i think that the miseducation of lauren hill i will argue this to the death is one of the greatest albums of all time. Yes. I might go on some record saying the greatest album of all, of all time. I'm with but, you. Um, yeah, like she's always just been such an inspirational artist um, to me in my childhood. And mm. still, you know, I will throw on an L Boogie, the vinyl or the Spotify playlist at any point. Lauren Hill, that's my girl. I went to see her twice on her uh, Miseducation tour in DC and Inglewood. So, you know, that's how you know it was real. Not to mention, she's like your doppelganger. I'm just saying, you're really giving off Sister Act <laughs> 2 vibes right now with these boxes. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. I might break out and uh, start singing Joyful Joyful, but it ain't going to sound like hers, so y'all don't want to hear that. I love that. El Boogie all day, for sure. Um, with that being said, let's dive into, like, get a little more serious, because we want to hear your story, and we really want to share this with our listeners. So, every podcast has a title. We say this to uh-huh. every guest that we have on and everyone gets to name their own title because you get to name and claim your story and write your narrative. So if you had to give your podcast a title, what would it be called? Um, if I had to give my podcast a title, you obeying or not? Like, that's how I think of the story with like me and God. It's like, you obeying or not? Like, what are we doing? And so um, that is probably what I would name my podcast. You obey it or not. Or not. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I love how you and God talk to each other too, which I know you're going to talk about on here, but let's, <laughs> let's just dive into this. So I gave a little bit away in your story up front, but you go to, you're from Little Rock. You're on this college hunt. You get accepted to Georgetown. You did not, that was not your first choice. You did not want to go to Georgetown. You had another school in mind that you were gung-ho about so much so that you were their paraphernalia <laughs> on our campus. We'll leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and But you really felt like God was calling you to Georgetown. Talk to me about why you felt like God was calling you there, what that process looked like, what, what how was God showing up throughout that journey? And what did you learn about God and yourself by going to Georgetown? Well, so that's a really good question. It's interesting because uh, one of the first reasons that I knew that I was called to Georgetown is because just being transparent, Georgetown was never on my radar or in my plans, but it was always in God's plan. And so even the way that I applied to Georgetown, people laughed because it was so random and it was so like, girl, are you really serious? But I'm like, nah, I'm very serious. But my youngest brother was watching um, a Disney movie. And in the movie, Raven Simone really wanted to go to Georgetown. But her dad wanted her to go to Northwestern. 
And my parents had kind of given me the ultimatum that you need to apply to more than one school than what was my first choice school. I knew that Georgetown was a school that was known because of their basketball program. They were a school that was academically respected. But my point is, is when I think about it, it wasn't a school that I had in mind, but the Lord, like in his providence, he still put it in my path. And so when I applied to the school and even when I got accepted, uh, it was late spring and I knew that I was going to go to the first choice. I'd done like a pre-summer program at their school. I had gotten accepted. I had scholarship, but it wasn't enough. Um, and, and I was kind of forcing it. And so when you ask like, okay, well, how do I know that Georgetown was an option? It's because I didn't plan it and the provision and the, and the doors for Georgetown were just open. It was just like, okay, first you're going to apply to the school that you think is random applied. Then it was like, you're going to get accepted. Cool, I got accepted. And then it was like, okay, you're going to get this all expense paid trip to go and visit at the last minute this accepted students weekend, minority students. Okay, that happened. And then while you're on campus, you're trying to figure out the uh, financial aid and you learn that the financial aid is taken care of. And so for me, God's provision in my life or his plan has been the most clear with the doors that have opened that I have never planned. And so I can honestly say that it, it seems like I could take credit for Georgetown, but I can't. It was all in God's plan all along. And he was the one that just, it was almost like breadcrumbs. Provisions they were the whole time. And uh, he was making sure your girl didn't starve. <laughs> Amen to that, girl. And I, I feel like oftentimes we think we know better than God. We know what yeah. we what should be the plan for our lives. We have this vision for our lives. You talked about like no matter what the breadcrumbs were there but you weren't picking up what he was putting down at first you thought you not. knew <laughs> and, I was... <laughs> and so I guess like my question to you is has it ever worked out when you went with your plan versus what God's plan was has it ever worked out when I went with my plan versus God's plan um no but I'll say this his plans have always been better for me in the long run than what i thought my plan was and I know that that sounds cliche it sounds like a church sermon but it's like not nah, like this is real life like faith, faith in action it's one thing to go to church on a Sunday we're here like youth pastors talk God knows best and you know everybody quotes Jeremiah 29 11 especially when they're graduating but <laughs> when I look back in my life in hindsight because I will say caveat that while you're going through it it doesn't feel like God's plan is the best plan when I look back at his plans his plans always worked out and they they were for lack of better words easy they didn't come with a lot of struggle and they often came with great provision and not only for me but like for other people around me I think a lot of times one of the biggest downfalls in our faith is that we ask God for blessings blessings were never meant to be cul-de-sacs like they were always meant to be like conduit if the oh, blessings God. flow through us you know to other people and so when I look at the things that God has blessed me with in my life, the plans that he's had, they always were the best because they helped other people. They often weren't just uh, concerned about the physical things that were in my hand. They were also fo focused on my character and like who I was and like who other people were. So they just weren't about like material blessings, but it was also about who I was becoming. Yeah. Can, can oh, that's I so good. That yeah, can, I, I just have one more question here because, you know, you talked about it working out and you talked about his provision and definitely from a financial standpoint, for sure. But at what 
point did you know, like, okay, God, I see that you had a plan all along. At what point right. did, did it make sense? That's a good question. Because to be fair, um, I didn't know that God's plan was for me to go to Georgetown. Because I think that the caveat here is that when I went to college was the first time that I was that I took my faith seriously. So I was a relatively young believer. Um, and I wasn't really familiar with, you know, like God's plan and provision. Like I knew about it in church. I hadn't had much experience in my life at that point in time, like seeing like the provision and the plans of God. But for me, I didn't know that God had a plan all along, actually until I graduated from Georgetown. And as T shared, there was another university, you know, we're not gonna focus on that, uh, that I deeply love and respect, um, have a lot of admiration for that I really wanted to go to. And a lot of my time, like I spent on campus, like, God, why didn't that work out? And it was almost like I was upset. I wanted to go here, going back to my plans. This was perfect. This would have put me around this crowd of people. This would have given me access to X, Y, and Z. And no lie, um, I remember sitting on the front line graduation day and it was raining. I don't know if you remember that tea, but it was raining. It was six o'clock in the morning. It was raining. Girls, that's and, up my uh, hair. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> It was raining. And literally the Lord was like, because you wouldn't know me the way that you do. Um, and um, it gave me a lot of perspective because I think a lot of times like our plans, going back to what I was saying earlier, are usually about us. Matthew 6 talks about the kingdom of God. Or even when you think about the Lord's prayer, when it talks about your kingdom come, your will be done. And like, I think the biggest thing that we forget is that Everybody thinks that the life is about them, but it's like, no, our stories are really about him. His story is literally about him, his, H-I-S, like his story. And right. um, that plan for me was about me, but the plan for Georgetown was about God. Like when I look at that, like I think about like the campus ministry that I was able to, you know, be a part of like when I was on campus, the connections that I made over years ago, you know, are still feeding me to this day. Not only like the network, but I think about like my friends, I think about the professors that I met, the bosses and the mentors that I worked for. I've been in people's, this past weekend, you know, at people's houses that I met going to Georgetown. It was ultimately about like his story, but also going back to not just like the physical blessings, but he was refining me character-wise. And though I love that other university and I have a lot of uh, respect and admiration for them, I would have gotten caught up in everything else around me rather than being focused on like him and like what he wanted me to do. Wow. That's, that's huge. Deb. And I, what I'm struck by with your story is because knowing you and, and knowing a little of your story, there's been so many times in your life where God has given you an opportunity to choose an opportunity mm -hmm. to choose between something that seems really incredible, maybe even a dream come true, or what he's asking you to do, just like your title. Mm -hmm. Are you going to listen or, or not? Nah. And, or not. So uh, you talked about higher ground, uh -huh. and here you are going to this prestigious university, which was incredible, but I would imagine there's a lot of pressure coming with that and there's a lot of expectation and you're entering your, I think it was your sophomore year, right? And you, while everyone else is probably looking for internships and looking for other opportunities, you're faced with this decision 
and you make this decision to go instead of looking for an internship to go and volunteer at a Christian camp. And so my question for you is, what was the Lord saying to you? Um, or why do you think God was asking you to go and work at, at higher ground that summer? Yeah. So um, I'll say this. So uh, Mark Batterson has a book called Whispers, How to Hear the Voice of God. And if you guys have the chance, you should check it out because it's amazing. But in the book, he talks about um, the seven love languages of God or like how God speaks. I'm dead paraphrasing. So please go check it out. Double check me. But one of the things that he talks about is like all the different ways that God speaks to us. And one of the ways that he says that God speaks to us is through our desires, the desires that he places in our heart. And so, as I said to you guys earlier, you know, as T was asking me on the earlier question was, how did you know, you know, that God had a plan? And I told her, like, I didn't. I was a young believer. And I would say that in this case, it's, it's the same. I didn't know that that was a desire that God was planting in my heart. But in the ninth grade, um, I remember like going to the camp and um, lying in my bunk bed and the thought just came across my head, you're going to be working here one day. And I'm thinking, ah, like, okay, like that's something that I, you know, am making up or whatever. Right. But um, I later learned as I got like a little bit more mature in my faith that one of the ways that God speaks to me, and I'm not speaking for anybody else, me and T always do this joke where I'm like, check your Holy Spirit. But how God speaks to me is that like random thoughts will come and get, like across my head where I'm just like, okay. Or like, where did that come from? And it was like, okay, like that didn't come from me. So when I think about like higher ground, there was this deep desire to work there. And I couldn't understand why, because rationally it didn't make sense. You are a kid who went to Georgetown University. You right. have access to all of these different internships where you are choosing to go right. make $15. <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> and that's a hyperbole, $15 every summer, hanging out in the woods with these kids in Missouri and then doing mission work and you're doing it because why? When right. the whole point of going to college is to get a job. But for me, in hindsight, I realized that was the way that the Lord was speaking. Are you going to obey me or not? Because everybody in my life, well-meaning, was like, you should be doing this. You should be doing this internship. You should get this job. But what I learned was that the Lord was doing that for two reasons. He was doing that to establish a a spiritual foundation in my life because it was the first time in my life that I personally understood what it meant to be discipled, but also what it meant to like make disciples and higher ground, you know, like taught me a lot of like those foundational principles, like shout out to pastor Marvin and like Miss Angie, because like they committed their lives to, you know, um, teaching and molding a lot of young people. But number two, it also gave me like a spiritual family. And I think a lot of times, like, we don't talk about like that enough, but like the Christian journey is never meant to be walked alone, but through higher ground, it established like a Christian community and a Christian family of believers that I still talk to, to this day that wow. were like normal people, you know, who were living their lives, trying to figure it out. And then I think number three, it showed me again, going back to the whole question of blessings, blessings aren't just meant for you. They're not just meant for like God to give you something. And then like for you to go sit in a corner, be selfish and enjoy it by yourself. But it was like, okay, Deb, like we're going to pour this into you. And then like, what is, how, how are the rivers flowing through you to other people? So what did that look like? That looked like me pouring into young girls and uh, young guys, like every summer higher ground. That looked like me being accountable to like the things that I said 
matching like my walk because like I didn't want to be a hypocrite when I was working at higher ground. It kept me together. The things that I was learning at camp, I was able to come back on campus, campus every year and share like with other young believers who didn't get the chance to spend three months in the woods or in Jamaica or Belize, you know, like ministering. That looked like me understanding for the first time going to like cities in America as well as different countries across like, you know, like the globe and like sharing the gospel in practical ways. And so, and I would have never had like those experiences had I not been obedient, had I listened to everyone else. And I think that the biggest learning, so I um, read like this quote and I will admit that I don't remember who said it, but um, essentially the crux of it was that your family and friends don't want what's best for you. It's like they want what's safe for you. And when I read that, I was just like, oh, because oftentimes what's best for you requires stepping outside of your comfort zone. It requires going beyond like what you would normally do a lot of times. And they're very well-meaning. And I want to be, want to emphasize that the most, everybody in my life who was giving me advice, like they were giving me advice based on Deb. This is a really great opportunity. But the thing is they could have no vision or, or, or they had, it was no way for them to see the plans that God had for me. This is where I want you to go. And the That's- whole time the Lord was just like, man, if y'all only knew that that was just like a fraction of like what I'm going to do for Deb. And at the end of the day, I'm going to throw that all in just to give it to her just because she was faithful. That set me up on the path to working for the basketball team. I got a scholarship, so I was able to get more than I had before. So again, provision, it led to getting a grad degree at Georgetown. It led to my first job opportunity at Georgetown. And all of that, because I made one decision to obey God and to go work at higher ground when like the rational choice, when the choice that made the most sense. When the choice that my parents were like, what are you doing? You're not going to make any money. You need to get a job. When going against like that choice and choosing like the God choice, you know, like, but the God choice was the one um, that really, you know, embodied Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness. And all of these things will be added into you. You did what I told you to do? I'm going to throw all those things in there too. Wow. So good. And double check that. I know that uh, that scripture is in Matthew 6. I'm pretty sure it's 33, but y'all might want to double back on that. <laughs> I'm like pretty sure. I'm like, like 33 or 34. Sure. It's somewhere in that yeah, realm. It's, it's like, somewhere in there. Somewhere <laughs> up in there. <laughs> I love, I love, 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 love that. Well, Deb, knowing you and knowing that uh, we have Enneagram numbers and we both uh, I'm an eight and I know you're a six guys. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, um, it's you one, you can Google it and look it up, but it's really, um, it's not a personality test. It's just how we function in our relationship with God and others. And it shows us our shadow side and it shows us the great parts about us. And really for me, a lot of people I feel like have taken it overboard, but for me, it really has just helped me understand myself a little bit better and how I function in my relationship with God and what are my short sights. And mm-hmm. one of the things I know about an Enneagram six is that validation is, is really big for Enneagram yes. six. And so just knowing you and knowing kind of that, that struggle that naturally you're going to be up against, how do you silence the other voices in your life for validation and, and really just hear the voice of God? Um, it's actually interesting, uh, EC, because I think the challenge for most believers is first that they don't know that they're hearing the voice of God. Hmm. And I think that for Enneagram six, I think that you kind of, it's, it's almost like you're at a double disadvantage because you already don't trust yourself. 
you're also questioning, which but you also need validation from like other people. Um, and questioning other people, right? Yeah, it sounds really bad uh, because like you're questioning their motives and testing their loyalty and right. And, and it's like you don't trust, like you don't trust yourself to make like decisions. And yeah. um, the challenge for like the Enneagram Six is trusting that God got your back. I think the way that I was able to see like God's voice the most and trust Him is that because He showed me even before I knew that He was speaking that He was moving in my life that He had my back. And so bringing this up for the third time. But, you know, T asked me, how did I know that God had a plan? And I said, I didn't know. But that was God's grace. You didn't know that I had a plan, but I had a plan all along. The more that I actually practice like spiritual disciplines, going to church, studying scripture, listening to my favorite Bible teachers, T and I joke because uh, she knows that I love Priscilla Shire and Christine Kane. Those are my girls. Uh, and shout out to Jackie Hill Perry too. Listening to a lot of Bible teachers and just the way that they hear like the voice of God. For me too, just getting older people of faith in my life. And I, um, one of my mentors, I went over her house one day and I was like, hey, like, will you teach me how to pray? And through disciplines like that, I was able to more easily discern like the voice of God. And you understand that God's voice, for me at least, often understood in a whisper. Um, it is often followed by provision. Soft, for me, followed by peace. 95% of the time, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> there are some times where it's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, let me get through this. Lord, are you giving peace and are you giving provision? That is typically when it's like, okay, all signs are go. Let's take off and let's go. And I'd say those two things specifically because sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the voices around you. It's easy to get caught up in your desires. It's easy to get caught up in what everybody right. else thinks. For me, the presence of God is most easily discernible through peace and provision. Um, that's good, I, Deb. I love that, Deb. I love that. And I love when you said, like, God often talks in a whisper. Because I know, you know, we do live in a world that is so um, loud and so chaotic and so busy. It's almost like, and I know all three of us on this call have experienced this. And I know, Deb, we'll get into your current season. But in oh. those seasons of rest, because of the world that we live in, because of the messages we have, to be productive and busy constantly or whatever, it is really hard to slow down. Yes. It's really hard to slow down and be quiet and listen for God's voice, but he won't shout. He won't compete with everything nope. that's happening around us. And so I love when you talk about his voice being a whisper, because sometimes we just got to sit all the way down and not try to take it into our own hands, not try to jump in the driver's seat, not try to, you know, be in control or really just surrender. And and a lot of times what surrender looks like is to do nothing at all, to sit and to listen, open yeah. your ears. And so I, I love where you talk about that. And I, and I love how you talk about like for you, it's about peace and provision. And I want to go here, you know, because um, let's fast forward to present day. You mm -hmm. left Nike recently after mm -hmm. you were on top, girl. Like you were climbing that ladder fast right and you walk away and everybody's looking at you like yeah. you're crazy like what are you doing if they will really have you out here looking crazy it will yeah it will and i just it will <laughs> i mean i think people still kind of like side-eyeing you like what, what's going on yeah. over there? And, it, and like they still texting me i'm like i know 
<laughs> I, I know, I know, I understand, I understand. I hear you, I hear you. Yes. What's coming down? Um, but, but you know, I've been able to have the privilege to walk with you through this, and I too have my journey. You know, a couple years prior of making a similar decision, and I remember us being in LA. We were there for your birthday this past September. Of course, we went to Disney because we love Disney. And Aaron, I know you do, and I know you live in Florida, and you went, to, you go to Disney all the time. We went to Disneyland. That's Disney. That's Disneyland in, in Anaheim is the best in Cali. Let's go. No, no, no. All right. We won't even get into that today on this episode. That's for another one, Deb. Um, but I remember, I think you were maybe, your you're two weeks had, I mean, your two weeks since putting in your notice of resignation hadn't even been up. And we're in LA. And you were wrestling. You were wrestling at the time. You were really struggling. I remember we had tons of conversation. And I remember looking at you like, do you have peace? Like, are you sure you have peace? And you were very clear, yeah. like, yes, I have peace about this decision. I know what God is telling me to do. I'm very clear that I was supposed to leave at this time. And my question to you was like, so then, but you're still wrestling. So what are you wrestling with? And I, I guess my question here, especially as we want to share this with our listeners is, though you may have peace, it does not mean you can't wrestle. And so what exactly were you 1, wrestling with God in that moment? I think we often confuse having God's peace. Um, e even though we may have peace, that doesn't mean that it's not going to conflict, you know, like how we personally feel. And for me, what I was wrestling with at the time was what I shared before. God, like you're giving me peace. You're working this out. You're you're opening doors. Uh, this is a little I will say that this situation was a little bit more challenging than the other ones because he was opening like one door at a time. I was struggling with the rational decision. And I think that it's really important to have like these conversations like in faith. Well, God asked us to do something, you know, like it doesn't make sense. And I think it's so easy to like look at people in the Bible and be like, yo, like, or look at the hall of faith. Uh, you know, I believe Hebrews 11 and be like, yeah, like they had great, great faith. Like they believe God and boom, 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 boom. But it was just like, yo, when God was talking to these people, the stuff he was asking him to do was crazy. Girl. Like Noah. Like, bruh, like, God is like, yo, build a boat. He's probably like, build a what? <laughs> yeah, I, like, just yo, think, like, I just think about when he goes up to, you know, the disciples and he's like, okay, so leave your fish, your dad, all your things, whatever, come follow yeah. me. And I'm like, but who is you? Like, that would be my question. Right, like, who like, is you? Nah. And it's like, they just got <laughs> I definitely would have hit Jesus with the, yo, my boy, I hear you. <laughs> But I don't know about that. But it is like all these things that are just like, that are crazy, that don't make sense. Another book, I'm just throwing out all the books for y'all. I love Favorite with Kings by Caleb Anderson. Y'all should really check that out. But he talks about uh, Nehemiah and how he was commissioned to go back and build the wall for the Holy City. <laughs> Nehemiah is like, it's like, bro, he, he a cup beer. Like, he is not an architect. He has no <laughs> architectural bone in his body. If God is asking you to do something and it's too big or you feel like you can accomplish it on your own, then like you're thinking too small. And, and that's kind of how I approach like Nike. Uh, as you were saying T, like it was a tough decision because like for me, the Lord had shown me favor and I want to be very clear. Like he had shown me favor to people. I was being placed on a fast track. I was getting these great opportunities. My team was doing like amazing work. The company and my leaders were going above and beyond to prove that they really wanted me to stay and things like that. And in the midst of it, God is like, Lee, 
And you like, what? <laughs> what I was wrestling with was like this decision of like, God, this doesn't make sense. But I think at the same time, going back to like those voices, um, when I think about like, you know, just different people in my community um, and just like a range of people that love me, you know, from family and friends and mentors and um, colleagues and just everybody is, you know, giving me like their opinion on what they think I should do. And Deb, like, you know, like you should consider taking this path or what if you do this? And I hear you, but like, why would you leave a job without having another job? And in my mind, I'm thinking, hey, <laughs> I agree with you. What do you do when God tells you to leave? And I think it just became like increasingly hard because um, it was very clear uh, through like different circumstances that um, he was, it was like, okay, Deb, this chapter is ending and he was making it uncomfortable. And uh, I had an epiphany because it was like something small. Like uh, I was going back and forth uh, with like my leasing company when I was living in Portland at the time and they made an error. And I was like, hey, like you guys know that you made the error. Like I have it in writing. Like if we were actually to take this, like y'all would lose. And literally like a thought comes across my head and it's like, maybe things aren't working out dead because you are not supposed to be here. Huh. And it's like, you're forcing, you know, like your way, like you're trying to do it. Um, you're trying to stay, you're trying to hang on. And the Lord has told you that it's time to keep moving. And um, yeah, so the last thing I'll say to this, so we can keep moving on to the next point is that um, right now I'm going through the Bible like in a hundred days and um, I'm getting ready to finish uh, the book of Numbers. But uh, one of the things that it talked about is um, in like the book of Numbers is the deaths of two prominent leaders in Israel. It talks about Aaron and it talks about Moses. And he talks about, okay, like, yo, like they're leading the people, helping them out. They've been on this whole journey. And then the Lord is like, okay, like they're about to die. <laughs> Telling everybody, hey, this is what's going to happen. They're going to die. You're going to keep moving. But he talks about like the mourning period. And I felt like for me, the reason that I was struggling is because the Lord is like, I told you to keep moving. It's time for you to keep moving. And you're spending a little bit more time mourning here when I have greater for you. But like, you're not going to be able to achieve that if you stay in the same place. Oh, that's um, good. And so that's why it goes back to like, are you going to obey or not? Nah? And um, I finally just got to the point where I was just like, okay, God, um, I'm going to do it. But the thing that I will caveat, and I think that's really important is that Obedience doesn't mean that it's not scary, that it's not ambiguous, um, yeah. and that Great. like it doesn't make sense. And I think a lot of times we, we confuse obedience with, okay, God is going to roll out the red carpet. You usually get the lesson in hindsight. You don't usually get the lesson when you're going through it. Um, right. And I think that that's really important because I just like, I, I don't, I am saying as a witness, and we're going to look back on this in a couple of years, friends, I do not know how this is going to work out, but... My experience with God is that it has. And so I believe that it will, even though yeah. I do not know at the current moment how everything's going to work out. Oh, girl, that's so good. That's so good. And it's just like building that muscle, that faith muscle, right? Like, it's almost like he keeps having yeah. me do this thing again and again and again and again. And each time, my hope is that it will cook, it will get easier because clearly he's not done. Clearly he's going to keep putting you through this challenge. Clearly he's going to keep you like, yeah, that's cute. You got that little plan for your life. Back up, baby. Let me work. Yeah. I got a plan for you. Okay. Relax. Yeah. Sit down. Go in this passenger seat. Let me take the wheel. I know what I'm doing here. You don't need to do my job. And so I love that, like, you're just like, but it's faith. It's belief that's carrying me through in these moments. Like, that's yeah. so good, girl. That's so good. And, I, and I'm and i so proud because I've seen the stages and the ways. And I love your honesty. 
and your authenticity of like, it's not always pretty. It's not always easy. It's bumpy sometimes. It's messy. Sometimes I got to be like, yo, God, what you doing? What you doing? I, 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 it, right. it doesn't make sense. I, I don't see it. I don't understand it. But we cool. have this relationship with God where we can be honest and he could take it and love us still and still be like, and I still got a plan. So say what you need to say and then we're going to move on. And so I, right. I, I just love, I, I just love the rawness and the honesty of like, you're like, look, this is my journey. And it hasn't always been just smooth sailing. Like, yeah, Deb, make a leap of faith. Jump. Like, right. you know? And I think, and I think like coupled with that too, like to your point, especially in this situation, it's kind of hard because like when you're telling everybody that you're leaving and everybody is looking at you like, but you're next up. It doesn't make sense. How can you right. walk in and tell like your, you know, like your leadership, I'm leaving because God told me to say to leave, and everybody is like, "God, who? yeah, you know." But um, oh, he's going like, to get the glory. Best believe, <laughs> always. And I will say that what was dope is a couple things. Number one, the Lord gave me the right thing to say, you know, when I was leaving Nike, but He also gave me like the opportunity from a faith perspective to actually be genuine with some people and some believers in the company and just to be honest with them to say like, hey, this is where I am and this is why I'm leaving. And so it goes back to, we think that our stories are about us, but it's not. It's ultimately about him and that our jobs are even about him. And I think the thing I've been challenged with in the season is our, I heard this quote, uh, look at me about to call it. I think it's Andrew DiMazio, Rose Church PDX. But uh, I think um, he was just, he's talking about like prayer and fasting. Um, and quote, and this is me completely paraphrasing. Nobody thinks it's weird whenever we say that we're praying or we're talking to God, but it's like people think it's weird whenever we say that God is talking to us. Ugh. And I think that that challenge is like, how do we shift that narrative? The only way that we do that though is through faith and stepping out like in obedience and like showing that, okay, like that he still works and that he still lives and that he still exists today. And it's meant to be shown. God means to show his presence to the world through people. But he cannot do that if believers, if Christians won't step out and live the faith that they proclaim. And sometimes that's going to be hard and it's going to be challenging and it's going to have you looking crazy. Um, but in hindsight is like when the story is understood. That's so good. That's good. Deb, so much of your story has like brought up and stirred up some stuff in my own story as I've been listening to you because... And I had my mentor actually say this to me this past week, but I don't think we understand how, how important it is, but how also rare it is for people to hear the voice of God. I believe that God speaks to everyone, but to hear the voice of God and obey it is so rare, Although I feel like. And especially when, like you've talked about in your whole story, when like the logical thing make money, grow in this big worldwide dream job of a company or listen to the voice of God. Like that's not easy as yeah. you've talked about. Like that's really freaking hard. I walked away from the music industry, offered a really great job. And in the middle of the night, God said, you're not supposed to take it. You're supposed to walk away from this all together. And I wow. quit the music industry the next day. Wow. And I remember that feeling of, Am I insane? And yeah. yet I watched God show up in my story yes. time after time after time after time. And I'm and your whole story that you have shared, God keeps showing up time after time after time. So my question for you, friend, 
So do you believe he's going to show up again? Because this was a huge decision that you just made. Mm-hmm. And terrifying decision, I might add. Yes. So, so do, you, do you believe it? So I can honestly say that I do believe it. Um, but I will say that oftentimes we confuse like belief with like positive feelings yeah, and um, almost like false positivity. I can stand here today and tell you guys, like, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is going to show up. He has a plan. I know what he said. Um, and I've seen him do it in my life before. An example that T actually gave me and I would love to present like to the podcast is I think that we also have to like trust like the character of God. We have to trust that he really cares about us. So one day I was talking to uh, TT and she was talking about her husband, uh, Jeremy, and how like he may ask like, you know, like his daughter, like, hey, Storm, I want you to do this. And even if Storm does it, she does it with fervor. She does the wrong thing. And it's just like, ah, but the fact that she did it, you did it. You either A, did what I asked you to do, or even if you didn't do what you asked me to do, because you did it out of love for me and out of obedience, I'm still going to bless you. Then I think that we have to have confidence as believers. God is going to honor our obedience. When he asks us to give up things, it's oftentimes like to test our hearts to ultimately ensure that like he is the center of our heart. And for yeah. me, I'm going to be real with y'all. I like making money. <laughs> I like going on vacations. <laughs> I, I like my friends joke. I like bougie and nice things. Yes, I do. Um, bougie on the all day. Bye. <laughs> yes. Rich auntie vibe for more. But the question is, is like all of that cannot be greater than my love for God. Deb, yes, you love making a certain dollar amount a year. But if God asks you to give it up because he's the one that gave it to you anyway, would you do it? And not gonna lie to you, for a long time, I was like, oh no, God, like you asking me for a lot, my boy. Like, listen, I'll keep tithing. I'll even add some extra, like extra Christian organizations on my roster. Look, I'm like, I'm giving a little not bit more. bargaining with God. Yo, like, I did. <laughs> I did. I told you, I'm like, yo, like the relationship, I was like, yeah, like uh, I'll, I'll up this and uh, I'll get to this church and I'll get, but it's like, he doesn't, he wants our hearts more than anything. He wants to know that our hearts are dedicated to him. And yeah. um. I believe it's going to work out. I do not know how it is going to. Um, but I think that that is the scary and beauty of like the journey. Um, and I also want to be real because that is why we need community and having people who are going to point us and say, nah, like God said, you're good. You're walking in the right direction. If faith is believing, when you go like to Hebrews and it talks about like, what is faith? Faith is substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. It's yeah. like, bruh, you don't see it physically. Yeah. But he gives us vision in our mind. The vision that he gives us in our mind is much more powerful than anything that can be seen physically. You're not going to please God like, you know, if you do not believe the visions that he's putting in your head. As you were talking, I was like, man, God, I am so excited. And I believe that day is like soon that you're going to listen back to this podcast and you're going to be like, yep, boom. And that was another time that I chose to listen to the beings of God and look at how I'm flourishing. Look at what God's doing in my life. Look at the opportunities that he has given me. Like that, it just, he, it just doesn't fail. It's not Christianese. Like, you know that I'm not down with that. Like throw that out the window. Like truth be told, like this is not Christianese. Like I have learned so much and tea. 
like we have we talk about this even in us starting communion uh-huh. there is nothing that beats the obedience of god like there it's is true. nothing that beats it it does not return void even uh-huh. if it takes three freaking years like it did for us to do this which in jesus name that's gonna be your story but wow. god does not return things void it's always better he doesn't show us gold and give us silver he doesn't give right. us something less than that and so girl i'm I'm just excited because this podcast is going to be like a Joshua stone for you in your life where you're going to be able years from now, listen back to this episode and go, wow, God, look where you showed up yet again in my life. You are literally my soul sister. (laughs) And I was like, well, let me not get too Christianese because people are like, what's a Joshua stone? It's just a (laughs) reminder of what God did for you in your past. But I will say this. I'm screaming because I'm like, (laughs) I'm thinking of all like the pastors and the books and the scriptures. But no, girl, I was was literally going to say that they don't even know the wealth of knowledge that you just gave them, like the amount of resources that we can link and share of just what you were dropping in this is like beautiful. So I'm going to drop one last one that's funny because it talks about my daughter Storm. And I love that your story is about obedience because Storm, (laughs) y'all know I mean. That's my girl. Be careful now. Seeds, the seeds of God and the word of God in my daughter's heart. And so she has these little Bible stories. And one that she loves is Jonah. And she really oh, be yeah. like, and so when Deb was supposed to leave Nike and leave Oregon, she really didn't understand. And we're having this conversation like, well, why does, she calls her a Dizzle. Why does a Dizzle got to go? And no. And I said, well, because God told her to. And she's like, well, she's not obedient. He's going to swallow her up. And I well. And I- <laughs> It's so funny. Um, she definitely did tell me that. She definitely did tell me that while also telling me that she wants me to move back to Oregon every <laughs> single chance she gets to see me. But uh, oh, like it's so, true. That's so good. And that's so good. Jeff, I'm I'm inspired. I'm inspired by your obedience, and I think like it's been yeah. such a honor to be able to walk with somebody both in my seasons where God's called me to the crazy and and to walk alongside you and yours. And just to constantly be inspired, like, you know, and and to be able to do it authentically and real uh, and to share our struggles and our hopes and know that there's somebody there that's walking along with us, cheering us on and rooting for us and and, and just pulling us along. And so thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. We always end our episodes with these rapid fire questions. So they're quick answers, rapid fire, want to hear what comes to mind first. And so. If you had a definition of reconciliation, like Merriam-Webster's dictionary came to you and said, Jim, how would you define reconciliation? What would you say? Uh, make it right, Jesus. <laughs> this was like uh, a family feud. <laughs> That's what say more, say is. more. So what do you mean? Make it right, Jesus? Um, <clears throat> when I think about reconciliation, when I say like, make it right, Jesus, or actually I would flip it and say, Jesus, make it right. Um, I'm thinking of an old Southern like uh, him. Reconciliation is uh, the person who was offended extending like the olive branch, saying like, hey, like I know that you messed up. I know that you owe me money, but you know what? We're good. And um, I'm going to I'm going to forgive the debt. And even more than that, I want to be in a relationship with you. So for me, that's what I think of is like when I'm in situations with people and if people have wronged me, if I'm like the offended, how do I extend the olive branch and say like, make it right, Deb? How are you like the one that's coming to them? Mm, that's good. That's good. So then with who or what or where in your life are you still wrestling with God when it comes to reconciliation? I kind of, a little bit of 
God, self, and others, I would say a little bit in each of the buckets. I think with God is I just this consistent checking of like, all right, God, you got me? You got me? Even when things don't work out, like being mad and kind of throwing temper tantrums and be like, God, bro, what is he doing? I think that he's always like reconciling himself. And it's just like the reminder that Deb, like his plan is going to work out and it's better than your plan because it was his plan from the beginning. He just made you think that it was your plan, but it was never your plan. It was always his. Yeah. Um, when I think about myself, just being real with you guys, like a huge call, like in this season is like to get healthy. And part of that is like going back and dealing with a lot of uh, the trauma that I've dealt with from different experiences in my path that have nothing to do with what I just told you guys about. Maybe in another community episode, we don't know. We'll see what the future holds. Um, you know, whereas like the Lord is like, get healthy, you know, like so that the pain that you've experienced that can be used for purpose to help other people. Okay. And I think with the reconciliation for others, oh um, man, I got to give a huge shout out to like my community, especially like my family and friends, because uh, I will say that um, they held me down like when I was working at my previous job, but I felt like I didn't get to invest there as much as I did. The moment that I left because I was like, hey, like, you know, I feel like the Lord asked me to come home. Um, they reconciled themselves to me first. Like they actually opened up their arms and were like, hey, you know what? We love you for you. And I think it was actually one of like the best pictures of grace um, and an extension of mercy. I can give you multiple examples of different friends and families explain, you know, like just different things that I was going through. The way that they were able to, you know, be reconciled, like for me, has taught me a deep lesson about like the grace um, that I extend to other people. So that's good. That's good. All right. What do you think the Lord wants you to receive in your life right now? Money. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I say that because I literally told you guys. I literally told you guys that I love money. Um, I think that He really wants me to. Um, I think the Lord wants me to receive like peace, and um, and I say that because if you know me in my real life, like going back to Enneagram Six, I'm just very anxious and very and it's just like. I feel like the Lord is like, girl, relax, rest, be at peace. When I think about Jesus talking to the winds and the waves, I feel like he's talking to me like, peace, be still, like, be still. Yeah. Um, so I would say peace is probably the biggest thing that I feel like he wants me to receive right now. That's good. What about what he wants you to release? I think that he wants me to release the desire to be in control because the part is, again, if you know me, you know that uh, <laughs> there's an adjective that starts with a B and ends with an S that people, <laughs> well, they ends with a Y, you know, bossy that uh, people would describe me as. Um, really? Yeah. No, Zip, no. I know, I was really surprised too. I was just like, you guys don't know me at all. But uh, I think that that has been like the struggle, you know, going back to like, you know, like what the Lord wants to do in us. It's like, God has made me a leader. But sometimes, like, we take that to the extreme and, you know, be a little, and are a little bossy, excuse me. And I think the Lord is just like, you know, like, the power that you're giving or that you have, I've given to you. Um, And I think he's just like, release the control. Yeah. I got this. Like, I know I made you a boss, but right now I'm in charge. <laughs> Sit down. That's good. Relax. That's good. All right. So, so saying all that, what do you need to be reminded of? Um, I think... I, but also like the world in general, we need to be reminded uh, that we're human beings, not human doings. 
Because I think especially in a shout out to you, TT, because I definitely took that from you. That is a, a TT Smith quote all day. But um, I think it's very easy in our society to associate people with what they do. But that's not who you are. Um, and I think the challenge for me in this season is like, I am not what I do. I am dead. And like really embracing that, um, that those may be things that I do, but that is not who I am. It's mm. good. That's good. That's good. I love I love the TT euphemisms and all the things on here. You know, yeah. you, look I've at been you. All these like past the preachers. Clearly, I'm like, okay, it's the, it's the receipts for me, child, because you definitely got the receipts now. <laughs> so, Deb, how can people uh, find you? What what's your what's your digits? Give out your digits on this podcast. I'm just Give kidding. out my number. No, no, no. no I'm just joking. Uh, what's your, like, like, how can people get in touch with you? Or yeah. Is do you have an Instagram? Possibly? I do have an I do have an Instagram. Y'all want me to give I'm kidding. Uh yeah, like if you follow me at Deb Faye WMS. Uh to be fair, I am um, on a bit of a break right now. But you know, we're coming back soon. Um, so yeah, like I would just say like connect on Instagram. I'm actually thinking about starting a TikTok too. I don't know. Stay tuned. So yeah, I, her, I would say this. Like I love this stay tuned because I think Right now you're like, okay, I'm a, I'm a little bit, and we talk about this and we'll end here. We won't go too far because I know we can go hard here. But these wilderness seasons or these seasons of like, all right, I'm not in the spotlight or I'm not in the forefront. And I know you're like, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, but I'm not really there. So really people are like, well, how can we find you? Stay tuned because there's going to be plenty of ways you can find her because God has incredible plans for this woman. My dear friend, he has incredible plans for you and people will know your name. Just know that. Yes. So stay tuned. Yes. And that well, Deb, thank, thank you. you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, girl. This was amazing. Love spending time with you so, so much. Also, thank you guys for having me. Um, it was really fun. And uh, I hope something that I said helped somebody out today. If not, charge it to the game and not me. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let the reconciliation begin. Thanks so much for listening today. Want to stay up to date with our episodes? Then subscribe to our podcast and newsletter on our website, come-union.com. Follow us on Instagram at come.union. Rather watch our podcast? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel at come underscore union. We are so glad you're a part of this community.